Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Anti-Wedding Wedding Club. We're excited to be back. If you didn't see the stories on Instagram last week, I was on vacation at home and needed a bit of a social media phone break. And honestly, it was really lovely and very much needed. That being said, we're back and ready to drop this week's episode. It's just me today, so it'll be a short one, but before I get into the research, I did want to remind everyone to subscribe, rate, and review. I know I remind you every week, but hey, that's how things work for podcasters, and that's how we get info out about the show. So yell it from the rooftops or your Instagram and help us reach more brides or people that are just interested in the wedding industry so we can save them from the rules and regulations of said industry. The topic, oh, and there my phone goes. (laughs) This is what happens when you record podcasts from home and don't put your phone on silent. Sorry about that. The topic at hand today is ring bearers. We've all seen them, the cute little boy dressed as a mini groom trudging down the aisle with the rings. They come after the bridal party, but before the bride, with everyone's fingers crossed they don't lose the rings, fall down, or completely freak out before they get to the altar. So where did this tradition come from? Well, this one was tough, actually. There is no concrete, this is where this tradition of a boy under the age of 10 was assigned to carry really expensive rings down the aisle, article, Wikipedia entry, um, research. There just wasn't very much. There was a handful of things. So I'll go over what I found. If you happen to know more about this topic than I do, And what I talk about in the episode, definitely email me or DM me, and I will happily share that information. What we do know is that there was tradition in ancient Egypt. If you've listened to a few of my episodes, you'll realize that a startling number of things that we still do came from the Romans and the Egyptians. But there was a uh, tradition that an adult carried treasured jewels around on an ornate pillow during celebrations, especially wedding ceremonies for the upper class. This obviously would not have been a thing if you were not rich, as lower class citizens would not have jewels that they could have carried around. Other historians trace the origin to medieval times, when a young boy, then known as a page boy, carried the bride's train down the aisle while holding her book of prayers. At this point in history, page boys did not carry the rings, though. They were instead presented to the couple on the tips of swords. For the upper class, some families did opt to switch out the swords for pillows and have the page boy carry that as you get towards the end of the medieval times. But pillows were actually, and I did not know this, pillows were rare in that era. So this only worked again for the upper class and the rich. The last big historical push for the ring bearer came via the Victorian era, which that era is still holds a decent amount of influence on our current wedding culture. Um, A lot of the kind of main things that we still see came from Queen Victoria. She was highly influential, so that is kind of something that still carries to this day. But during this time, the ring bearer grew in popularity, and their outfits got a bit more extravagant, and they kind of became this mini version of the groom. As now, they were often young relatives or children of friends between the ages of 4 and 10. 
So there you have it. Nothing salacious, nothing really inherently disappointing about this one. It's just one that seems to kind of have ebbed and flowed and grew over the years. Tell the image of a young boy with a pillow and ring sort of cemented itself in our minds, as flower girls have also done. So how does this tradition work for brides today? Up until, I would say, the 2010s, most brides did seem to follow the proper guidelines for the ring bearer, though almost always symbolically having the child carry a pillow with fake rings, as giving a toddler very expensive rings to potentially lose doesn't really seem like the best idea. The role of the ring bearer was also given almost exclusively to boys. These days, I've seen couples shake it up a bit more. Having the couple's dog walk down the aisle as the ring bearer has become increasingly popular, uh, so long as your dog is trained enough to handle the task. Mine very much would not be. She would see somebody that she loves and take off to go say hello in an instant. Other brides have opted to have girls be the ring bearer, or even their adult friends play the role, which I have to admit seems always to ensure laughter from the guests if there is an adult male acting as a ring bearer going down the aisle. Uh, I've also seen plenty of ceremonies where there is no ring bearer or flower girl in the wedding procession. So if you do not want to have children at your wedding, as I don't, then this is simply a tradition you don't have to partake in. Have your bridesmaids carry them down or the best man can have the rings in his pocket ready to give the officiant. If you do want children at your wedding, go ahead and pick whoever you'd like to fill the adorable roles regardless of gender. I'm quite fond of asking kids first if they'd like to be in the wedding at all, and then if they do, if they have a preference of which role they'd like to play. Besides, if they're a bit more invested, they might make it down the aisle a little bit better. <laughs> if they're tiny tots and don't have an opinion yet, give them the pillow, cross your fingers, and be prepared to giggle as they attempt to figure out just what it is they're supposed to do. on the ring bear folks time to dive into a few questions that we've gotten and then we'll wrap up the episode told you it was a short one today okay question one this one is actually really interesting and by the way I'm answering these questions non-scripted uh, just because I think it is more interesting to get my opinion and reaction uh, without me having to think about it first so let's let's see how that goes okay question one do you think it's weird if we had weed be part of our wedding? It's a decent part of our lives as well as our immediate family. We also live in Colorado, so it's legal here. And really, there is very little stigma to who would be mostly invited. But we're worried what others will think. Is it weird and are, or will they judge us? Huh. To be honest, I have never even thought about weed being part of a wedding. That's really interesting. So I don't have an issue with weed. I don't smoke a ton, but I, I live in California. It's also legal here. I do have 
a little box of, you know, vape pens and I have gummies in my fridge that I will partake in sometimes. It's a personal preference if you like to or not. I I don't think there's anything wrong with it. My father was an executive of a company, and I know for a fact that he smoked weed when he got home, like every day from work. And I'm sure at some point during his wedding, he definitely smoked weed, and I'm sure my mom did too. So, yeah, I mean, I think that because it's legal now and the stigma, at least if your family and friends that's part of it, they wouldn't freak out over. And again, it's your wedding. If they freak out over it, then whatever. Um, I think that there could be ways that you could do that and have it be part of it. The only thing that I would stress though is you, even though it's legal, there are rules about quantity. So, you know, I was a fun thing could be like having like, I don't know, what would you do? Like a wheat, like a bar of wheat of gummies. I don't know. You could have, you could have CBD or THC in your, in your cake or your cupcakes. You could, give the the favors or blunts, I don't know. But the thing about that though is, is depending on how large of a party your wedding is, that's a lot of weed. And I know that there is, I definitely know there's restrictions on how much you can have. So it might be one of those kind of like bring your own weed type situations. So then people only have a small amount. And if they feel like, you know, popping a gummy and then jumping on the dance floor and that's what most people in the in the wedding have done and cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't think it's weird. Um, people can judge you all they want. It's your wedding. If it's part of your guys' life and your immediate families, I say go for it. But just be careful that you don't, you know, get arrested for having pounds and pounds of pot at your wedding. That would be my advice. <laughs> okay. Next question. Okay, sorry. I had to take a second to read this in my head before I said it out loud. I feel like I'm always going to get questions like this, and that's okay. You guys can ask me whatever you want. Question two. You've mentioned a few times that you don't want kids at your wedding. Not to pry, but is there a reason why? I kind of don't either, and I have no idea how to tell my friends and family that. All right, this is, this is a tough one. So... The reason I personally don't think I want kids in my wedding, and by the way, I'm not engaged. I, that can very much change if and when I ever do get engaged and have a wedding. Um, who knows what I'm going to decide to do. But in my head, when I think about it now, I don't see children at my wedding. The reason why are a few things. Uh, the first being I have seen a lot of issues arise from children being at weddings. My, uh, about three years ago, an example, three years ago, a girlfriend of mine got married and her sister's son was just, I mean, they're bored. They're children. They're, he was maybe, I don't know, one, two. They don't know what's going on. You can't get mad at them for disrupting the wedding but it's also really annoying when they do disrupt the wedding he was he wanted his mom she was standing up at the front you know she was a, a bridesmaid and he was in the front aisle with an aunt or something and he got down and as my friend and her husband were exchanging vows she had this really long beautiful um 
what is it called? A veil. He stepped on it. Like he got on the floor, he stepped on it. And she, I actually, from where I was sitting, it looked like she had fainted because he yanked her whole body back. And her husband literally caught her before she fell to the ground. Thank goodness. And then they picked him up and it was fine. They continued the wedding. But she was not thrilled with that. And I mean, I would, I would have been furious. And, um, you know, they cry. Uh, when you get out of the ceremony part into the reception, most times, you know, everybody's drinking, everybody's dancing, having a good time. Weddings go late. Uh, I mean, most weddings don't end until midnight. Children are not really prepared to stay up that late. Uh, I feel like the parents can't have as much fun as they would have normally because they have to constantly watch their kids because, of course, you have to watch your kids. Or there's the parents that don't watch their kids, so then everybody else in the wedding is having to, like, pay attention to where these children are. I've also seen that multiple times. You know, and then the image of the wedding that I have in my head is a very classy adult affair, and it just doesn't, it doesn't really aesthetically or logistically fit with kids being there. So for me, you know, I'd ask people to get a babysitter. And I don't think that that's an odd request. And if they can't and they, or they do not want to go without bringing their children, then they don't have to go. It's totally okay. I would not be upset about it at all. Uh, in terms of telling people, I think you do have to be, you have to be pretty firm. Because I think if you, if you listen to the episode where Carrie Ann was on from Kith and Kin Weddings about mothers and mothers-in-laws and families, um, she mentioned one where she, it was her wedding and she told them that they couldn't, uh, a couple that they could not bring their kids because they just didn't have the room. And the couple still showed up with their two children in tow. Carrie Ann is a lot nicer than me. <laughs> she let it go and they figured it out. And she's just such a lovely soul. I would have honestly asked them to leave my wedding. If that, if somebody, if somebody did that, I would ask them to leave because I think it's incredibly rude. If, especially if they asked and I said, please do not bring your children and they still brought them, that would be an issue. That's why you have an, a day of event planner, because she can handle that, so you can enjoy your wedding and not be the person that has to talk to them. But I think that you just have to be on your, you know, on the wedding invites, on the wedding uh, website, just be very clear and say this is a 21 plus wedding or 18 plus wedding. Please do not bring children under the age of this of this bracket. Or if you're okay with having teenagers, but you don't want a four-year-old, just be clear. It's your wedding. Give them the info. Make sure the ones that you're inviting that do have children are aware of the situation. And again, be okay with, you know, while you're saying that it's okay for you to make this decision to not have kids, it's also okay for the couple to be okay with not going if they can't bring their kids. That's also their choice. So you can't get mad if people can't adapt to that rule that you're setting either. I would just say handle it as nicely as possible. Just let people know communication is key in almost all things and go from there. Okay, uh, last question we're going to do today. What kind of guests are you looking for in the future? We are looking for all kinds. Uh, I've been talking to vendors that do things a little bit differently. I would love, love, love to get some couples from the LGBTQ plus community, how they tackled 
uh, traditions and things like that because they're very hetero. And so how does that work when you have a, when you have a gay couple? People that have two different cultures that have had to be blend together in their wedding and how does that work? People that have opted to do something different, you know, anything really. I mean, this, I want this conversation to evolve. So it's basically just about understanding the wedding industry, how it exists, why it exists, and the pressures within it, and and how do we make the decisions on our own weddings, you know, in lieu of that. So, yeah, I mean, if you guys have any recommendations or there's anybody that you want to hear from specifically, please let me know, and I'd be happy to reach out and see if they'd be interested. All right. Thanks, guys. Can't wait to chat with you all next week. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast if you're enjoying it. Uh, if you're in California, please stay safe. We are on fire right now. It is really not great. Uh, my my house smells like a fireplace when I wake up in the morning uh, for the last couple of days. Please be safe, everybody. Um, and, you know, my heart goes out to everyone. And, yeah, we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks. Bye.